Well, welcome this morning. Glad you're all here. I'm, I'm guessing some of you might be here or at home with us online, and uh, maybe your plans got a little disrupted by a little thing called Delta. Anyone? Anyone? Were you planning to be someplace else right now? I'm figuring that might be true for some of you. I know Sally and Delta, right, messed with you guys. So, yeah, I guess uh, the upside is we get you. So, <laughs> no, sorry, whatever. For me, I, uh, I know fact checkers have suddenly become a thing, right? Everybody, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, a couple months ago, we weren't all sure exactly what that meant. Now we all know exactly what fact checkers are. And I, I brought some of my own fact checkers this morning. So uh, I'll introduce some of my fact checkers to you later. Um, but these are, are people who can verify the truth of anything I'm saying this morning or uh, call it out. So um, I also know that uh, my small group has already threatened to be uh, putting up flashcards. So if you see anybody putting up flashcards for rating things I'm saying or jokes, yeah. Oh, there it is, right there, yeah. Got, yeah, bonus. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, they warned me it was coming, so I should have known. Yeah, brought my own fact checkers. That's a dangerous thing to do when you're, when you're getting up to preach. I want to tell you a little story this morning to, to get started. It's a story some of you have probably heard. It's kind of one of those jokes slash urban legends. Some of you may have known this, and you may be able to jump in with me on the punchline at the end. There's a battle group in the, in the U.S. Navy was out at sea, and they were running some, some exercises, and there were several, several ships in this tight little group out, out doing what they were kind of preparing their kind of their war games. Well, it got really foggy, and while they were out there, all trying to figure out how to maneuver around in the middle of the fog, the, the captain, the one in charge of the group, all of a sudden, he gets relayed a message that there's a, there's a light, and it's a stationary light, but they're going straight towards it, and he says, signal that ship. Tell that ship that they need to change course 20 degrees to the south. So they immediately did. And right back, the message came back and said, you change degrees 20 degrees to the north. And he said, you immediately, you tell them right away. You say, I'm a captain in the U.S. Navy. I advise you to change your course 20 degrees to the south. And the answer popped right back. I'm a seaman first class change your, your course 20 degrees to the north. Well, the captain just about popped a gasket. He's so angry. And he says, send him a message now and say, I am a battleship group. We lead a battleship group in the U.S. Navy. Immediately change your course 20 degrees to the south. What was the message that came back? Do you know the punchline? Lighthouse. <laughs> I'm a lighthouse. Change your course 20 degrees to the north immediately <laughs> lighthouses lighthouses I want to show you a couple little videos about lighthouses look at look at these look at these videos watch this number three this lighthouse gets pummeled by a series of rogue waves during a storm rogue waves are significantly larger than normal waves and are usually created when two or more waves combine
Number two, one of the most iconic lighthouse photos was taken by Jean Gouchard, showing a massive wave hitting a lighthouse on the French coast. You can see the lighthouse keeper at the door, waiting to be rescued, but the surf was just too severe. He was forced to take refuge in the lantern room until a helicopter rescue was possible. The keeper later said in an interview he would have been swept off his feet and killed had he been standing just a little closer to the wave. I, I was looking for videos I, online, trying, just some things I could show you. I wasn't expecting to find one of a guy on the edge of that little platform right there. That one just like, grabbed me. The power of those waves slamming into those lighthouses and that guy going inside to find shelter inside that lighthouse instead of being swept to his death. Lighthouses. Lighthouses generally work on the principle of reflecting a vertical light onto a horizontal surface. Some of you may have known this. I learned a little bit about them here. Here's something I learned. The horizontal surface is affixed with a gigantic lens called a Fresnel lens. There's your bonus, bonus knowledge for the morning right there. Just throwing that in for you right there, Fresnel. Now you can always impress your friends from now until you die. You know what they're called. They're Fresnel lenses. I did not know they were called that. Gigantic lenses. I knew that was part of it. And I knew it was reflecting the light out. The lens reflects the light in the form of a light beam. There's a light in that lighthouse, but the, but the big part of the job of the lighthouse is really the big part is to be a reflector of that light. The lighthouse has to be able to stand those waves and it has to be able to reflect the light. Why talk about lighthouses? Well, we've been kind of trying to figure out, maybe you've been playing this game with your family a little bit too. Can you tell me one good thing that's happened during COVID? <laughs> Something, give me some little nugget something that was positive in your life as a result of all this insanity. And one of those things for Julie and I has been, we have gotten out walking a lot more. We had time, we were home, everybody was, and we could go out and exercise, and it's one of the things we could do. And we'd already been walkers, we already liked to do it, we've got a dog, we've got to get out there. But all of a sudden we decided this is going to become something we're going to do more. So we started walking, we live on Eddie Lane, just on the other side of Pinkerton Park, and we'd walk to the end of our driveway, and then we'd walk up Eddie Lane, which is a little treacherous, because there's not a lot of sidewalk space, so you got to kind of dodge cars. We'd walk up there to the factory, and then we'd walk behind the factory, and then we'd walk over into the park there, which, you know what park I'm talking about? Anyone? Everyone? What park is that over there? that you want, When you walk right across from the factory, you walk into? Harlandsdale. If you haven't walked in Harlandsdale, can I just encourage you? That's a worshipful experience for us almost every single morning, just walking in Harlandsdale Park. But we decided we were going to give a little more time to our morning walks. And what happened as we got out there and walked, partly because I just felt so desperate inside, is we started to pray more than we have ever prayed as a couple all of our lives. Can I just say, I'm a little embarrassed to admit it. I was a pastor for over 20 years. I have never prayed this much with my wife as I am right now. And I, I also have to confess that some of you, you just would not want to hear what I am praying because I am praying parts of scripture that are just really, really angry because I need God to take some of this from me. There's stuff going on in our world right now that's just really disturbing. And I've been reading in Jeremiah 
and parts of Psalms where the, the authors of those books pour out their hearts to God. So I've, I've been praying back to God. Scripture, I think that's safe, right? Even when he's like, talks about raining down coal on, and fire on enemies. And I mean, I've just been praying stuff that I would be embarrassed to let everybody hear. But, but my wife and I, we walk and we pray and I just got to trust God that he's going to do something with the angst inside my soul right now. And as we've been out there walking and praying and talking more than we ever have, something happened one day that was originally, it was, it was just for me. God gave me this image of a lighthouse. And as Julie and I started to talk and pray through it, we began to pray this over you, our church, over our, our small group, over our neighbors, over our friends. God gave us this image and we just started to pray it over people and to, and to let it sink into to our souls that we would be lighthouses and that we would figure out how to connect with other lighthouses. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Normally when I preach, I kind of like to just dive into whatever Keith's doing and just kind of jump in there. He knows that. And he, sometimes he just says, nope, just do your own thing. And so this week, it was kind of a do-your-own-thing message. And so we kind of talked about it a little bit, and, and I was saying, okay, well, I, think, I think maybe this is something God put on my heart, and I've been learning it. I think maybe this thing about lighthouses might be where I want to go. But last week, Ben led us, and I hope you got a chance to hear that. If you didn't, go listen. Last week's message was just excellent. And Ben said this, living into the fulfillment of God's promises. That's where he left us last week. This idea of what does it look like for us to take God's promises and to live into the fulfillment of these things that God reveals to us in his word, that God speaks to us, that we live into the fulfillment. He shared the story of, of them trying to, to have a baby and that process that was hard, really soul-shakingly hard. I appreciated his vulnerability so much that he walked us into wrestling with God about these promises. And that really led me to say, oh, this is exactly where I want to go then, because this is what's been on my heart about being a lighthouse. What do we know about God? And how do we live into this foundation that we have in him? And this is where I want to go this morning. Matthew 24 27 is where I want to start. It's not where we're going to park most of our morning, but I just want to start here because it speaks so directly about this idea of a foundation. Matthew 7, 24 to 27. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell. And the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Man, I just feel like I'm being pummeled. That first image I put up there of the lighthouse, those huge rogue waves hitting that lighthouse. I feel like that's my life every morning when I wake up right now. All I have to do is look at two news apps and then jump on social media. And immediately I know I know nothing. 
How do I prove anything? What's true right now? Everything in our life feels like there's absolutely a countering rogue wave coming in. If I think I believe something, I look at another person or I talk to another person or I look at another website and I get another answer, a different answer completely. feels like we're operating out of completely a different set of facts on almost every topic right now. I just feel like I'm being pummeled. So how do I anchor myself in a foundation? What does that look like to live into the fulfillment of God's promises? These are rhetorical questions, by the way. Please nobody answer or we're going to have a fist fight in the room. Rhetorical questions mean I'm going to say it in question form and you're going to just think about them, okay? Don't answer. Here are some of the ways that are pummeling me right now. The economy. Is it going to be a slow rebuild or is it going to be a fast recovery? COVID. Is it still very dangerous or is it fading out? Is it losing its power? The demonstrations that are happening around our country are these peaceful protests or are they riots? Some of you are just dying to answer these. I know you're like, pick me, pick me. <laughs> That's how I feel too. The election. All you have to do is just drive around and this one just slaps you in the face no matter where you look. Biden versus Trump. Man, and, and you get into these conversations and these might even be happening within your own family. You just know right away what subjects are absolutely off limits right now. Things you cannot talk about. Because we're just getting pummeled. I feel like I'm just getting, the waves are just rolling over me. And I need to know. I need to figure out what it looks like to have my foundation anchored. I need to know this. I want to live into the fulfillment of God's promises. How can, we do, how can we do this? I thought this was great last week. I'm going to ask Julie to come up because last week while, while Ben was sharing, he gave a, a little example of something he does to study. And Julie kind of nudged me and she was like, I do that. That's what I do. That's exactly what I do. And so she made the mistake of saying that to me, which meant then when I got to preach, I was like, hey, would you come talk about that? She's like, uh, uh, uh. But I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask her to share about it because I thought it was great just seeing her excitement and, uh, and being able to take something Ben said last week and build on it. Sorry, I'm just looking at your rating system down here. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Can you say frying pan? <laughs> yeah, for, okay. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I do just want to tag team off of that a little bit because um, I think more than ever now, we need to find the truth and we need to be able to anchor and we've got to find ways that help us do that and really set the foundation. And so, um, again, what Ben mentioned last week was accessing a, um, a tool called the Strong's Concordance. And I, I was all excited because I love to do that too. But it's just a way that both of us and, and hopefully the rest of us, because I'm going to invite you into this too, just a tool that you can use to dig deeper into what does God mean when he says this word? What are the nuances of that? What's the texture of that? What did he mean in you know a richer way? And so I just want to encourage you to go on a little journey with me. Um, so we're going to take a look in a minute at this um, resource that we have, Strong's Concordance. But I just want to give you a teeny tiny um, reference point of why this is so awesome. Because 
This particular reference was um, created, this, this guy, Mr. Strong, created it in, in the 1800s, but it is 1,600 pages long normally. It took him 35 years to complete this. This is like a tome. I mean, the thing weighs five pounds. Seminary students used to joke you had to be strong to carry Strong's concordance around because the thing was just like super big and weighty. But guess what? We have this in our phones. We have the 1,600-page resource that is amazing right here in your smartphone. And so I'm going to do something that you probably never have done in church before. I'm going to invite you to pull out your phone and to actually get your app store up. And we're going to get this together, okay? And I want to just give a little disclaimer. There are two. So the, the resource is called Strong's Concordance, just S-T-R-O-N-G apostrophe S. There are two versions. So when you look that up, the second one down is the free one. The third one down costs $4.99. I have the $4.99 because I, I, it's a little more user-friendly, but, 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 but if you don't want to do that one, do the free one. So I'm inviting you right now, go ahead and get that on your phone. And will someone just like give me a little like hand signal if you've already got that loaded, if, you, if we're good to go? I want to make sure that we, uh, we get a, enough time to you do know this. How long it takes to download it? Well, it I sort of cheated and Heather and I did this before, but she was on the Wi-Fi here, so it went like that fast. So I don't know, has anyone already gotten it yet? Okay, okay. It was fast to download? Awesome. Great. So if you have got it, what I'd like you to do is to go to Ephesians 6. And um, if you've, I'm, I've got the, the third one up, and so there's a little icon at the bottom that says select a book. So get to Ephesians, pick chapter 6, and someone give me a little uh, heads up or a little high sign if you've, if you've gotten there so I'm not running too far ahead. Because what we're going to do is take a look at, at how to, one way to be able to use this app and incorporate it, hopefully. All right, good, David, thank you. Okay, so if you go down to verse 11, let's say I'm just reading my Bible and I'm reading along and there's a verse and I'm, or a, a word and I'm curious about like, what does that mean? What's the original meaning of this? The Greek, the Hebrew, whatever it was written in. So if you would go to verse 11 and click on the word put. So if I'm curious about what does this mean as we're looking at the armor of God and putting that on, what does actually the word put mean? Can someone read that to me out loud, what, um, what you found in that, the little definition part? What does that word put mean? Anybody got that? Yeah, let's hear it, Dave. <laughs> uh, in the sen uh, sense of sinking into a garment, to invest with clothing, literally a pair of array clothes that you have Yeah, thank you. So I love that first part when I read that. It's like this this gives a richer meaning to it. To put on the full armor of God means to actually like sink into some clothing, to kind of put it on in a more deep and, and personal way. It's You're sinking into it. Um, go ahead and get back out of that and look at, an, let's look at one more word and let's just look at the word stand. What, what do you see when you click on stand? What are some of the, what does, maybe pick, 
go down a little bit halfway. Well, actually, let me do this. I'll just read it so you can hear it. But when we get down to stand, um, it says abide, appoint, bring, continue, covenant. And so if this was like my time with God, I might just put that together and rewrite that one verse with these richer textured, nuanced words. And so I would just rewrite it for myself. And, and since put means to sink into a garment and stand gets into the um, idea of abide and to continue and maybe covenant, I might rewrite it into something like this. Sink into the whole armor of God that I may be able to continue or covenant against the ways of the devil. So that just for me helps me get up my arms around scripture just a little bit more and make it a little bit more meaningful, interesting, and just get get a little bit more out of it. So thanks for letting me kind of go there with you today. But I wanted you to just to have a little access to something that's brought so much richness to my life. Digging into our foundation living into the fulfillment of God's promises. We've got to know these promises. We've got to dig into the word of God. We've got to have some of these tools. So thank you, hun, for taking a piece that you that you love. I want to share with you another tool that I use to do this. And Ephesians 6 is where we're going to park here for a couple of minutes. So if you uh, haven't gotten your Bibles open to that yet, you just have the app open. Whichever you want to go to, it's going to be up on the screen as well. But we're going to dive into Ephesians chapter 6. And what I use to study is this great Greek Hebrew study Bible called Zodiatus, the Zodiatus Hebrew Greek study Bible. Zodiatus, if you're writing it down and you want to order one, my mom ordered me this one, and it's one of the best tools I've ever had for digging down into God's word and digging into the foundation of knowing more and more of a rich expression of my study in God's word. His last name is Z-O-D-H-I-A-T-E-S, Zodiatus Hebrew Greek Keyword Study Bible. And that's what I use to kind of dig in this morning to this passage. I'm going to read through the, this passage in Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Here's the verse Julie just looked at. Put on the whole armor of God that you may, able, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly, as I ought to speak. 
verse 10. I just want to walk through a couple key highlights here. Things that I dug into and found as I was studying this. Verse 10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. It's nice when the two versions actually match each other, what I'm studying and what, what the uh, ESV is, because that's what we normally use here in church. I love the idea that we don't have to stand in our own strength as we're being pummeled by these waves that are crushing over us right now. We do not have to stand in our own strength. Like that guy in, the, in that picture, he stood there on that lighthouse, and when that wave crashed around him, he ran back inside, shut the door, and he was saved by that lighthouse. And that's the image that I want us to have. We stand in the strength of God. That strength word says it's the one who holds everything together. And then it says the strength of his might. That word might means the ability to prevail against. This is the one whose strength we stand in. And when the waves are pummeling me right now, I need to be reminded of this truth. I don't stand in my own strength. I stand in the strength of God. He's my king. Somebody else may be my president, but he's my king. And it's in his strength that I stand, and he has the strength to hold everything together. And he has the ability to prevail against everything. All the waves that are crashing around me. All the difficulty I have figuring out what is true in this world right now. I stand in his strength. You and I, as we dig in and build our foundation down into the rock, that's the rock we're building into. Julie already touched on verse 11. I'm going to jump down to, to uh, 12, which we, boy, this is so clear right now, isn't it? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of the darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. I don't know about you, but it just feels to me like I've never lived a time in my life where the world seems darker than it seems right now. I know there have been times in history that you can argue have been as bad or worse than what we're experiencing. I wasn't alive for most of those. This is the one I'm living through, and it feels really dark. To try to say this isn't as bad as other times isn't super helpful for people who feel like they're getting crushed right now. Verse 13 says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may, able, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. That word withstand, the other translation of that word is this word. And it's a word I really like right now. The word is resist. Resist. Resist the darkness. Resist the pummeling of these waves. Resist. Stand firm translates in this verse to hold the line. In my mind, I, keep, I always hear Mel Gibson's voice when I, when I, see, I hear that. Hold. Hold. Hold the line. To stand firm is hold the line, to make a stand, to establish, to confirm. Verse 14, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with the truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And verse 15 says this. This is so powerful to me. 
and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of aggression. (laughs) That's how I feel right now. It's terrible, but I feel so aggressive inside. I want to fight something. I want to fix something. I want to challenge these things that feel so wrong to me in our world right now. Give me something to fight. I'm so fed up. That's why I've got to be able to go back to the God whose strength in which I stand because it's his strength I can trust when I know I feel weak and out of control. And the gospel is not a gospel of aggression. The gospel is the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace. Listen to this definition. I dug into this word and I looked at the the key root word meaning for this word. Listen to this definition of what it means. Peace as a messianic blessing is that state brought about by the grace and loving mind of God wherein the derangement and distress of life caused by sin are removed. The derangement and the distress of life caused by sin are removed. Hence, the message of salvation is called the gospel of peace. This is the message. This is the message that is in this anchoring into our foundation, anchoring into the truth of who God is and why he has us here and what the message is he wants us to proclaim. As much as you and I may feel at times like getting into a fight over some of this stuff, the message that we carry is the gospel of peace. Helping people who are messed up by sin get right with God. That's an amazing message. The gospel of peace. And our weapon, verse 17, our weapon, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is where we dig. This is what we dig into to find the truth, to fight the battle. If we're going to stand against these waves that are pummeling us right now, we've got to be in God's word because this is the weapon. This is where we find the truth. We've got to be in the word. I love this verse 18. If you've got your own Bible, you may just want to go through right now and circle the word all. How many times do you see it there in verse 18? Somebody look at it in your Bible and tell me, how many times do you see the word all? Four times this word is is mentioned here in verse 18. And something about digging into God's word, when a word is, is echoed over and over and over, it's there for emphasis. There's a reason. Listen to this verse, verse 18. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and the petition for all the saints, all, 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 all prayer and petition, pray at all times, all perseverance, petition for all the saints. Here's one of our weapons as we're fighting against being pummeled by these waves currently that feel like they're going to overtake us. Pray, 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 pray. Because the one with the power is the one we're praying to. The one who has the power to prevail. Our king is the one we're taking our request to. 
no matter who's in government in front of us, what the problems are that we see in front of us, by praying, we're taking our petitions around those problems and we're going to the one with the power to prevail. That's our king. This is the truth. And pray all the time. I've never prayed more for my church than I am right now. I've never prayed more for you, for Keith, for our leaders, for these people around me because I, I'm just convicted by this. I feel desperate. And if I want to do something, well, this is something I can do. I can pray, and I can pray more than I have been praying, and I can keep praying, and I can keep coming back. And when you feel the need to attack, remember, we've already been given our marching orders. When you want to confirm something, when you want to establish something, listen to this. Here are our marching orders. When you want to hold the line, this is, what, this is the line that we're supposed to hold right here. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Hey, people, this is the line we're called to hold. And the people with a different sign in their yard, as much as I might not agree with the sign in their yard, I've got to remember they're not the enemy. I may think they're deluded. <laughs> you may think they're deluded. You may not feel you have much grounds to connect. But our marching orders are clear. Love our God and love our neighbors. And it's crystal clear for us. This is what we're called to do. Love our God and love our neighbors. Be a lighthouse. Stand firm. Live into the fulfillment of God's promises reflect Jesus like that lighthouse reflects him the gospel of peace is meant to be what we're reflecting grace and truth and justice all guided by the love for God and the love for our neighbors and finally multiply your effectiveness by connecting with other lighthouses I feel the need right now to have other people around me more than I've ever felt because I've got to have help keeping the, the reflection going. I'm not a small group guy. Can I just confess to you? I just told you a little bit ago, I was a pastor for over 20 years. I've never been in a small group. <laughs> Did you know that? Did I tell you that already? I've never been in a small group. I just don't do them. They bug me. I'm sorry. They just do. I've never gotten it. I have to confess that right now, I know I need more people around me. And for the first time in my life, I'm in a small group. I, I, I know, I just want you to know. And my small group, even though they've put, what else did I, an armpit, dynamite, chili dog, all these things I'm supposed to say back here. My small group is part of the, the structure right now in my life that is keeping me reflecting. And I want to invite you, if you're not a part of one, we need to be connected to other lighthouses right now. And that's part of the, the answer. Our neighbors. Hey, if love God and love your neighbor actually means love God and love your neighbor, which, hey, you don't even have to use any of these tools we talked about. It's pretty clear. Love God and love your neighbor. I got some of my neighbors right here. One of my fact checkers or some neighbors. They can tell you whether or not this stuff is actually the way I'm living. They know how upset I am. <laughs> we've, we've talked very openly about it. And then I've got to just tell you one other thing. People have asked me, why did you move to Franklin? 
Why are you here? Well, part of my fact-checking group that's here are a group of friends that I've known for 20-plus years, all of them. Here's some of you fact-checkers that are my uh, our core group back there. Wave at us. Because these guys are families. I, I did some of their weddings. I did some of their premarital counseling. So we've walked through life together for years. We've known some of them since they were in, in high school. And they all happened to wind up. Just happened, right? They just happened to wind up right here in Franklin, Lewisburg. And we moved here into this circle of friends. And I got to tell you, what an amazing gift it is to be around people who are keeping my my lens reflecting. My small group, my neighbors, this group of friends. And I just got to tell you, we got to connect with other lighthouses. First and foremost, I'm praying that each one of us would be a lighthouse. And second, I'm praying that every one of us in this room would connect to other lighthouses and reflect together. Can you just close your eyes and just imagine with me for a minute? Just imagine what this looks like. Maybe as God gave me this image, maybe he can give it to you right now. What does it look like for you right now, right here where you live? What does it look like for you to be a lighthouse? What's the image that comes to your mind? What does it look like for you to connect with other lighthouses down the dangerous coastline together, lighting a path, reflecting Jesus, your foundation anchored on the rock, anchored in him, and reflecting him out to the world. What does it look like for the sake of the world for us to connect to other lighthouses, reflecting Jesus.